Hello everyone and welcome to episode 1 of the Film Score podcast. This is Nick, the Film Score. Today I'll be talking with composer and musician Sean Carney. And before moving into film music, Sean was a jazz vocalist, a touring guitarist, a music teacher, a member of the band's Miscellaneous, and of Wolves. So he's really had quite a broad, diverse career. To Hell and Gone is his first feature-length film score that came out um, near the end of 2019 and really, you know, hit a couple festivals, but I think with the advent of the coronavirus, it really kind of stopped the film in its tracks for a little while. Now, Sean released his score in May or June of 2020, and it's a really fun um, kind of neo-Western score that has calls to Ennio Morricone and other spaghetti westerns, but also with, with a much more modern take on things. Two words before we start. First, there are a couple swear words in this podcast, if that's something you're not comfortable with. Now you know. And also, you'll notice that the audio quality of this interview isn't quite as high as this introduction or the uh, prior introduction. And that's simply because I was using old equipment, which has since been replaced. So the interviews going forward will be of a higher quality. This interview starts almost immediately with Sean asking me about the movie and my thoughts, and it goes from there. So sit back and enjoy. Thanks for watching the film again. I really appreciate that, man. We're, yeah, of course. We're trying to get eyes on it. Um, it's, you know, it's an indie film with no stars in it. Uh, so it's always hard to sell to somebody to watch, yeah. especially somebody at like a big agency or something like that. So, you know, really appreciate it. What did you think? What kind of things did you like or dislike? Or really pleasant surprise at how solid the production quality was, like, throughout the entire way. Having, like, well-done gunfights and having a playing throughout and all these... One thing I've noticed is when you have outdoor scenes, especially somewhere in the desert where there's not much cloud cover, like, you can get really harsh sunlight that's going to just totally ruin the lighting of a shot. Mm -hmm. And most of that movie takes place outside in the desert or somewhere desert adjacent. It all it all works. There's There's, you know no point where I'm watching it and go, oh, okay, yeah, this was just a, a couple of guys doing their first or second feature. So it, it looked good. And I'm of the opinion, I see movies that are have like two and a half, three hour run times. And I saw that this was 82 minutes. You know what? That's awesome. If you can, if you can tell your story in 82 minutes, great. Because it means that you've got it, you've got it tight. It's not going to be bloated. There's not going to be uh, like a B and C plot line that might or might not get resolved. You've got your story and, and you're gonna tell it, and that's it. Man, that's a that's an awesome observation. And you're more. I mean, I'm more willing to give a movie. I don't know anything about a chance. Yeah. A little bit, you know, a little bit shorter. Yeah, man. So it was it was all shot on location in Arizona, actually. So my my really good friend and bandmate uh, of our band, Miscellaneous. I'm wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, yeah. So his name's Kyle Moore. He plays. He plays piano brilliantly, and he's an amazing filmmaker, director, editor, um, producer. He wrote the script with a buddy, 
Kyle actually went out to Arizona to visit a really good friend, who uh, Carr Cavender, who produced the movie as well. So Carr has this big ranch property out in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. And I think Kyle went on there. Yeah, he, he went on a trip just to like check it out and just fell in love with the location. And they had this access to a plane. And so uh, all, all the things kind of started bubbling for those guys. And they were like, okay, this is the movie using this location. So they did a couple runs out there, like location scouting shoots, like, okay, what scenes do we have? And they just like took a bunch of footage, uh, put it together and they were like, cool, we're gonna use this place for this scene. And so they kind of like backwards engineered the movie based on the location, which I thought was pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, it was just a really interesting situation. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense because I saw it was, I think it was like, it was like crowdfunded on Indiegogo and it raised yep. like 200 grand, which for like an indie like family drama, you know, where it takes place in a house or something, like that's a good amount. But I was like, how did they, you know, how did they get access to a plane? How are they able to do all these on location shots? And that makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't know, I think you know, there, there's a little like tension there because I think it's, it's nice to write like a script and make the movie that you want without any sort of conditions. But at the same time, you have to, especially when you have a really low budget, you have to be conscious of those restrictions. So to be able to see, oh, we have access to, you know, this ranch land to an airplane, let's use that to make a movie. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think so too. And so Kyle, man, he's he's crazy. He's a really creative dude, and a lot of locations that he just places that he visited visits in life, he's like, oh my god, like right here, this could be the scene where <laughs> whatever. And it's and it's just cool, man. So I I could definitely see him doing some more movies like that in the future based on the location, which is interesting. So then that's obviously how you got brought in to do the score of being Hispanic. Exactly. And then actually Carr, uh, our producer, had a stint in Miscellaneous, the band, as our drummer. Oh. He's a musician as well. So I knew him really well. And so it was just nice, like, working with friends, like, putting the project together. And we actually, one of the first festivals that we got into with this film was in Tucson, which was really close to where they shot the movie in Arizona. And I had I had never been out there because I wasn't, you know, I'm just post-production right. doing the score. But I went I went out to this festival with them. We all we all drove out and it was so fun and like so full circle for me to see sit like scenery that I've scored yeah. for like, I don't know, six months or or whatever, <laughs> however long it took me to see it in person it was like a total full circle moment which was like super cool so so were you were you familiar at all with that area beforehand or i mean was it was your your first experience basically by seeing the footage yep seeing the footage yeah i did some research in the uh, of the area as well just like what happened around there what's going on around there so we really set out to make a western like they set out to make a western film you know a modern day western and so we wanted the score to have some of those spaghetti western elements going on but with like a more modern twist to it because it is set in present day or in some weird it's not modern enough right yeah modern day so i did some research about like you know the native american tribes around there and tried to incorporate some of those elements from their music especially like in in that region of 
of Arizona as well, because a lot of spaghetti westerns draw from the more California mm. uh, Indian, you know, Native American tribes. And so I wanted to like grab some stuff that people wouldn't really hear in a, in a Western and, and kind of make it more specific to that region. I guess that's that's interesting because one of the things that stuck out to me was the use of uh, percussion and especially the like how it sounded because yeah. it's really common in like in movie scores when you're having an action sequence or a more kind of like high intensity one that you're going to have kind of like a frantic tense drumming and it it you know will often sound really similar across scores so you know, listening to the score and watching the film, it really stuck out to me that like, oh, this is a you know, really distinct, different sound from so many other scores I listened to. Yeah, exact, exactly. You know, I didn't want to use a whole lot of like stock sounds for, for a movie score because it's, it's also indie and I, I wanted the score to have like a lot of character to it mm. as well. But yeah, man, I played like a lot of these, I played a lot of these drums live just in my, in my studio. Really? Um, and like ran it through my guitar pedals. And like, <laughs> you know, that was that more modern flair, I guess. But it was cool, man. I listened to a ton of Native American music I'd never heard before. I actually wrote a lot of the score when I was up in Alaska. I was just visiting and I just went on some, some walks and kind of got like a lot of the main themes down. And just like being out just with these massive mountains, like it didn't put me in Arizona, but it put me in like nature, you know? And I felt like a lot of the movie had to do with mm -hmm. interacting with nature. So I wanted to try to try to capture that as well. That's, that's really interesting. And, and I, think, I think that really comes through particularly strongly, like I mentioned to you earlier, in those scenes where it's kind of just traveling through the wilderness where it's basically just image of music you know there's not much action or dialogue it's just the image of those two and and i think like those were definitely some of the strongest moments thanks yeah it was super fun man it was my first feature i've ever done too so i was like you know chomping at the bit like yeah. really really excited <laughs> so i mean because of that then i i take it like you didn't have a sort of like imposing ritual down you know you hadn't done a dozen features and like worked out your process for it i mean what was your approach to doing this is your first one so just all wrong totally <laughs> <laughs> wrong just everything i started was just wrong and so i had to yeah you're right i mean i had to figure out my own personal workflow and organ organization system um you know, on the technical side, on the creative side, everything. And it took a while to get into the groove. And I did some things at the beginning where I'm like, why did I do that? I just wasted so much time, you know, but it was great. I mean, now that I have have that experience under my belt, actually every film that I've done, short film that I've mm -hmm. done is this one. I'm like, okay, gonna do this first. <laughs> like, not gonna do this belly bullshit that took forever. Right, so, I mean, what was, Looking looking back then, what was like the, if you could have boiled it all down, like the process you would have done starting from day one? I mean, okay, so to be honest, I think I, I did a lot of things well, like, okay, writing the themes first. Mm. Gotta write the themes first. What, why would you even, why? Why would you even try <laughs> to <laughs> write a movie score if you don't have your themes figured out? And I had most of them figured out, but I think I got a little bit ahead of myself before 
I really had them ironed out the way that I want. So I'd have to go back in and like reharmonize some things or like re retool the melody, re-record whatever. And that sucked. Figuring out the workflow and in logic for a project that's that size was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, it with the tent with like the tempo adjust adjustment within logic, like I have the movie like going in there. This is so like nerdy and technical, but whatever. I guess it's the whole point of this. Uh, you know. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I put in, I put in something and if I adjust something that is before the score that I am currently working on, everything gets gets fucked up because it's all because it's all mapped to uh, the tempo. So I I just had to talk to a bunch of composers. I read a bunch of books that I've never read before. And that was invaluable information and like just little tiny tricks like that. I talked to this other composer was that said, don't do the built-in metronome kind of beat map- mapping thing, man, just record audio of a metronome and just put that in there. And that way you'll be able to just shuffle around slide, especially with a huge project like that, you know? just little tiny things that save literally hours of work wow it's just crazy and then you know now in uh, after doing all that you can appreciate how somehow eddie morricone did like 500 scores over 50 years oh my god <laughs> yeah it's so impressive man so impressive and so and, and you know speaking of him who were some of the spaghetti western composers or what were some of the films that you watched to kind of get in the zone and draw some inspiration from yeah, of course. I, I definitely went back to Ennio. Uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, one of the best film scores of all mm-hmm. time. I definitely, you know, I def was, it's such a weird score. It's so strange. The instrumentation of it, like the, the use of vocals as well in that score is just like, what the hell are you, what are you, <laughs> what are you on right now? It feels like a peyote trip, like the whole thing. Not that I've ever done that. But yeah, so definitely went back to all the all those old movies. Yeah, I sat down and I and I definitely went back and listened to a lot of those. There were some other things. Uh, the Breaking Bad score mm. was actually something that I listened to for inspiration, and that was something that Kyle, the director, and I talked about before we did it, because it still it has this. I don't I don't know. It has uh, it's got this electronic kind of thing to it, but it also has I don't know if it's like a tribal or like native kind of flavor to it that that ties the story of of that whole thing together right. like so brilliantly. And, and you know, I'm not gonna have the hot take of saying you know Breaking Bad is a Western, but at yeah. the same time, like it is anything that's set in the American Southwest is all is automatically gonna have like some parallels to it. So you know, when you have a it's set in Albuquerque, I think, like an Albuquerque crime show. That's that's going to have some analogs to a you know an Arizona crime film. Even if even if you're getting technical, and the genres are te- are different. There's still crossover between the two, so that that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. Trying to capture whatever that essence of Arizona is. Yeah, and I, and just the way that that score was approached, the Breaking Bad bad score in a modern day setting which was like really interesting to have to have out there so so yeah it's basically breaking bad meets any more funny <laughs> it's literally what we talked about before 
before the thing before we started scoring and then once we got into it it kind of developed its own identity mm -hmm. we were able, able to make some choices to be like oh well this happened earlier in the film or this happens later and then it has its own voice to hell and gone as a score as we yeah well and, and i think that's one of the the interesting things about the scores you hear some instrumentation that's like it's much more obviously a callback or influenced by those you know like some of the whistling you hear you hear western whistling and you're automatically going to think of those films but at the same time at least like kind of my take when listening to it is as the film progresses the score goes from a much more like western acoustic bass and the, the electronic influences get more and more apparent and some of the instrumentation that was really clean early on feels kind of distorted and modified and, you know and, and so it, it takes on the whole atmosphere of this <laughs> this movie just like grading into violent chaos man they thank you for picking up on that man that's exactly what i actually set out to do with this mm -hmm. is i wanted the villains to have to be electronic instruments and i wanted the heroes to have the acoustic instruments and then once once they meet, like kind of all bets are off. That was very intentional for sure. And it's it's awesome to hear someone like pick up on that. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was I was hoping that was intentional because I didn't want to sound like a total idiot reading too much into it. But oh, I mean, I, I think it works really well. And it's especially like you mentioned, because the first for anyone who hasn't seen it, the first maybe third or half of the film, you kind of have these two narratives going side by side where you have your your villains going on their path and your protagonists going on their other. And then like they they clash. And that's like it's it, it really sets up that musical clash and kind of amalgamation in the second half of the film. That's it, man. Yeah. And I felt like there was something really menacing that I was getting with the electronic sound. So mm -hmm. I just leaned into it the whole way with with all of the villains and they all kind of had their own little things happening. Crazy story. I, I'm a session guitarist. I play in bands, whatever. And I was out on, out on the road with a band that I play with regularly. And we have a horn section and there's a trumpet player. I've been friends with the guys, with this guy for years. And we, okay. I'll, I mean, we, I'll tell you the whole story. So we, we got in that, we got in the night before the gig, we ordered a bunch of weed. Okay, a bunch of weed and none of it showed up on, on weed maps. And we we're like, ah, oh, man, bummer. So we so we have like this afternoon gig the next day and we get to the gig. It's this out, outdoor festival, beautiful, beautiful festival in San Jose. And we and right as we finish our set, we get off stage and the weed maps guy shows up with just the most weed <laughs> ever. And we have like four hours until our plane leaves. And we're like, OK, let's just get really high and just finish all this before we leave so we so we, <laughs> so we finish all of it before we leave walk around this park and we're in the airport in this super resonant space and just random place we're like super baked and matt the trumpet player starts whistling and he when he whistled he has an old <laughs> west, he has an old west whistle you he makes one sound and you're just like Oh my God, cowboys, tumbleweed in there immediately. And I was like, holy shit, how long have you been able to do this? I've been scoring a Western for the past like four months, dude. And I literally, I need, I was looking for somebody to whistle. I was resorting to Craigslist, like, because I can't, I can't whistle at all. And 
for him to just have that sound just right off the bat, I was just like, dude, this is crazy. So I was like, hey, man, come over next week. He plays trumpet as well. So all the trumpet lines you hear on the score are, are him. Brilliant guy, brilliant musician, Matt Matera, Peabody, Train, reads music like nobody's business. He's awesome. So I recorded, I wrote all these whistling parts for him. <laughs> uh, he came in and laid it down and it just like changed everything. That's awesome. Changed the whole score. It was so crazy. Sorry, I had to tell that whole story. Oh, man, that's that's <laughs> great. No, it's it is like it's so cool that it happened in that window too. It was like divine intervention. It was the strangest thing, man. It was so weird. Yeah, I felt like a lot of things surrounding this movie and surrounding this score had very like serendipitous, like mm. I don't know, just events. Like the fact that we're shooting in this property that's you know owned by the producer. Uh, and his family, like the fact that we have that, as you said, in the first place is crazy. Yeah. You know? like, so nice. Anyway, talking so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point, though. I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you gave one word answers, this would be not only the the shortest, but the most boring interview that's ever been done. So yeah, yeah don't worry at all. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's the score in in a lot of ways. That's, I mean, that's great. And you said, you said you've done short films before. I mean, what was, how did those two experiences compare? Man, I mean, it's just, it's just a hundred times more work. <laughs> and I think the whole, my, my album, or sorry, my score is available on Spotify and iTunes as well. I'm just going to say that on this one as well. And there's maybe 25 tracks or something like that. But when it really came down to it, I probably did 60 tracks, probably between. And another funny thing we did too is we we just had to record all these commercials, just random commercials. So I hired some voice actors and we just wrote a ton of just super random commercials we can we could just stick in. So this this commercial opens up the whole it's the first thing you hear in the movie. There's a new sheriff in town. He walks with pride, confidence, and a little attitude. He protects the weak and stands up tall for what he knows is right. But there's one question everyone's dying to know. Hey, partner, where'd you get those boots? Come on down to Boot Complex with the best deals in town for all your boot needs. We've got hunting boots, cowboy boots, army boots, rain boots, work boots, motorcycle boots, and much more. This weekend only, come on down to Boot Complex. Yeah, so you get the idea. <laughs> we so we did a whole bunch of, oh man this one's silly too <laughs> they're not in the kitchen they're not in the living room they're not under this rock they're not in this canyon who could have stolen my delicious crunchy oat cereal Wahahaha! it was me crunch grabber oh no not crunch grabber yes and now this crunchy oaty goodness is all mine i can just taste it now mm. with this nutritional and Anyway, so yeah, we just had a bunch of these um, because the, the main character had this radio that was kind of a theme. Mm -hmm. And uh, at any point, it had to go to, to commercials. So we, we didn't even use, I think we probably <laughs> used like three out of the six or seven that we made. But it was just a nice thing to have to, to jump to, you know, once whatever was happening on the uh, radio happened. Yeah. So that's, I, I'm actually really glad you showed those because. 
I think most people, like, you know, me included, you don't really, unless it's something that's so upfront, you don't even think about all those extra things that go on. Not at all. And in the, uh, man, we did this super indie because like we could have just gone on libraries as well, but there's something of really charming about just creating our own thing. I actually did a bunch of mariachi music cues as well because there because there's this like Mexican restaurant and they needed like four songs to, to show like time passing. So I just did like four mariachi songs really fast. When you when these appear in the movie, they're just like totally filtered out, way in the background. Like you can't even really make out what's going on. I just sang some sp random Spanish poetry I found uh, online. I mean, it's it's all it's just ridiculous filmmaking, man. It's like because it's all just in the background. Like no one's yeah. really gonna be like, wait a second, what's he talking about? <laughs> it's just like atmosphere, man. It's so crazy what you can get away with. It's, it's funny because that's that's it, you know the the diner scene, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. and and so I I notice that there's music going on, yeah. but it, it's like you said, it's it's so the back of the filtered out that you recognize it and then it just kind of disappears into the scene. I mean, it's it's funny and it's something that no one's gonna realize that you you made you know six or four like minute or two minute long songs in order to beef that up. Yeah. But it was fun, yeah. And when Kyle, we first had our, our spotting session, we watched the whole movie top to bottom. And uh, man, that's that's a really fun part of filmmaking is the spotting session. It's like we watch the whole thing for the first time together with the director and we go, okay, music, it feels like there should be music here, right? Okay, cool, let's put some music here and stop <laughs> here. And then, okay, here's some dialogue. Okay, oh, there should be some music here. So that's... I really enjoyed that when I was putting this together with Kyle for the first time. He was like, all right, he paused it on the diner scene. And he's like, I have a big ask for you. And I'm like, all right, Kyle, what's up? And he's like, I need four mariachi songs. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool, let's let's do it. Were you taken aback at first? Like, all right, how do I do mariachi music in the first place or you know were you comfortable enough with all with your background on the various projects you have that you're like okay i can do this living in a, i gotta say living in la i hear mariachi music daily so i was like cool i'm pretty sure like i know what's gonna happen it's not the most it's not the best mariachi music in the world but it, it's passable and it sounds like it <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely there, there wasn't a point where i was like oh what this is <laughs> yeah. ruined totally there's there's one other thing I wanted to ask, and you you mentioning reading a random Spanish poem brought my memory. In the first track on the the release, I think it's Dead Wreckage. Yeah. There's sort of muffled chanting going on. Yeah. And are they actually saying anything, or is it just like a nonsense vocalization? Yeah, it's it's me just doing a nonsense vocalization, <laughs> very much styled styled in an Ennio Marconi kind of way. I'm not sure if. I mean, I'm I'm sure that he's using actual phrases in his scores, but I was like, I just need the effect. I'm I'm a vocalist. Uh, that's like one of my my main things that I do. So it was fun to find little spots to hmm. add some, and and listening to all these native vocal styles as well was was really fun and trying to emulate that, and then of course like trying to throw some kind of modern twist on the whole thing. It was, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And so I take it that was 
was also your vocals on the bonus track. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. So I had scored the instrumental for for the gunfight scene, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, like I don't know where this chord progression came from, but it just sounds like an old cowboy song or something. And then I was just up late one night scoring the film, and I just wrote lyrics and and just recorded a, a vocal as an option, either in that scene or just, I, I kind of had the idea of releasing it on Spotify and iTunes. And I was like, it'd be cool if there was like an alternate just at the end that was just like one song, original song from the motion picture. I think it works really well in this case, especially coming at the end, because I actually, I was listening to it, I don't know, maybe this morning or yesterday. I was like, gosh, I don't remember if that, was actually in the film or not. It doesn't, it sounds familiar, but not completely familiar. But I immediately went to the credits because I was like, like, a vocal track doesn't really fit elsewhere, but it would be totally fitting for the three, four minute long credit sequence. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could it could have worked as a, as a credit thing. You know, if it were, if it was a longer credit sequence, mm-hmm. like it, yeah, it could have, it could have worked a little better. But, but yeah, I mean, that you know, that's, that's exactly why I put it on yeah. there. People ask questions and like, what the hell, where'd this come from? Like, who's singing on this? What's going on? So I, I like I like adding adding those kinds kinds of things. It worked that well. I mean, and, and so earlier you said that you did 60 tracks or so for the film, and there's, I don't know, 20, 25 that make it onto the soundtrack. So, I mean, obviously there was picking and choosing, especially with throwing the vocal track on. I mean, what was, like, what was the process on making the release? Yeah, it was something I definitely had to think about when I was putting together the soundtrack. What's going to be on it, what's not. And I actually, I did it in chronological order from the movie. I left a couple things out because I wanted from start to beginning of the actual soundtrack to be this experience. So everything kind of flows into each other. And I actually had to like touch up a couple ends and beginnings of some of the score tracks to make it to have that feeling so someone can just put it on or like be out on a walk or something and just listen to the whole thing seamlessly i've I, what's the tom york score that he released recently i can't did, think uh suspiria i think suspiria that's what it yeah. is you know anything anything that guy does or anything radiohead right. does it's like it's the whole thing is like a cohesive experience man i really dig that about long form you know music mm-hmm. That's that's what I was thinking, and I didn't want to have any of the mariachi stuff in it because I think it would kind of kill the vibe. And yeah. uh, there's you know other things that I'm like, eh, it's just kind of too short, or I kind of accomplishing this thing in another track. No, that makes sense. If you do a uh, like a deluxe re-release in the future, you could put in the commercials and the mariachi music and you know, throw everything in. I I feel the same way for a film score release of it being cohesive listen because. Especially if you have it on in the background, and then a mariachi song comes on, it's totally throw you out of it. I also appreciate that it's 25, 30 minutes long. There's nothing that feels too abrupt, but like it doesn't overstay its welcome either. It's it's a really nice balance. For a Star Wars score that's an hour and a half, great. I'll listen to that, I'll listen to two hours, I'll listen to two and a half hours, but that's such a rare piece of composing. Yeah, on a three-hour movie too. So yeah, it's exactly. Twice as much score at least <laughs> man those star wars movies there's always <laughs> something happening in the score always something happening 
at all times, especially in in a very bad way. Oh man, I shouldn't be talking shit. But in, a very, <laughs> in a bad way with the reboot ones from mm. the two thousands, man. There is just some, there's just some kind of score happening at all times. I'm just like, man, I just need a break. Somehow I need to get rid of Jar Jar Binks. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Fortunately, I don't think I've seen those since they're out in theaters. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they're really bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think you're gonna catch too much flack from anyone for for not being a fan of those. <laughs> yeah. <I guess. laughs> Anything else, man? No, I mean, I think that touches on on kind of so much of just like of the score, the process, the film itself, and your work too. I guess in one, you know, one follow up thing is that being your first feature. Like, do you have any other coming out on the horizon? I do. Yes, I'm working on a, a short horror film. We had a couple of friends of mine out here. Not really sure when it's going to be released. It's still in the post-production phase, but the score is really awesome. It's my first horror film score. So, and I, I'm a huge horror movie nut. So it was like, yes, finally, I get to do it. <laughs> and uh, I really, I really hope to do some more of this stuff too, because I really, I like doing music that's a little darker, a little edgier. So it was really fun to find find those moments in in this this new film it's called okay plus by the way look out for that i'll, I'll send okay. you a link yeah now. let me know and, and maybe this was starting like three or four weeks ago i actually started writing an article series on short film short film music in particular so like i'm trying to do it that it got more interest than i expected so i'm trying to do it monthly where i cover about like six short films because now that I've started getting into it, there are infinite short films, and I don't think people cover them enough. So I'm trying to give them a, a little bit of coverage, at least. That's cool, man. Especially right now, everyone has so much time to sit down. Yeah. And everyone's just watching stuff. I'm watching so many more things that, <laughs> that I would have not watched. Especially older things, man, like going back and watching some of the really great movies. And that's been cool because we're we've been so saturated with things coming out that aren't that good, things coming out that aren't that good, things coming out that aren't that good. And so it's like, when you go back and you see the real things that stood the test of time, you're like, okay, all right, this is what content is. This is what a movie is. It's just like really cool. It's so true. Last year I listened to something around like 750 or so scores that released in 2019. So that's, you know, 750 films that released in 2019. And like, you can imagine that in 50 years, how many of those are people going to be talking about? It's going to be a handful and presumably the best of them. So then when you take a film from 1950 or 60 or 70 that like was it a year with hundreds of releases and that's one that people still talk about. You go, gosh, there's got to be something about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, it's just a workmanship. You can't rush a quality product. You cannot rush. That's the thing you lose quality yeah. with just all these crazy deadlines of netflix like oh we gotta release something today because because you as a consumer have already watched all our other shit here's something new it's not that good but here you go it'll, yeah. it'll fill your appetite for you know the next two hours yeah yeah exactly i was talking to a musician recently who grew up in the 80s and he hated 80s music he was just like this is just the worst <laughs> fucking music of all time so he so he went back. He went back to the 60s and 70s and listened to all those albums and was like, okay, all right, cool. Like 
This is great stuff. I don't know. It's just a thing I thought of. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think people have an issue of how a lot of music today has, you know, homages to prior decades. Like I, I think having all of the 20th century music available now, or, you know, all the 20th century's movies available, it gives, it gives you so much to be inspired from or learn from. If you, if you hear like a killer idea or see something amazing, you can, you can learn from it. So I don't know, I think that's really cool. I mean, there's unlimited good content out there already. And if you're not, if you're not looking at it, you're really missing out. You're right, man. I mean, that, that's it too. There's endless inspiration out there, especially in this older stuff, man, where they, where they had to figure it out, you know? Like they didn't even have computers. How the hell did they do that? <laughs> they really had to figure it out in, in order to make this great concept. And the concept had to be great enough for them to innovate and develop something where they could capture that concept. Yeah. But nowadays it's like, we have the ability to capture it, but we're, cho we're choosing to capture the other things that aren't of high quality. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> There is some good stuff coming out. I just saw, what did I watch the other day? I mean, it came out a while ago, but I thought Bird Box was really cool. I haven't, I haven't seen that. It was like the biggest Netflix show whenever it came out. And somehow, apparently, both of us totally missed the craze like a year and a half ago at this point, I think. Yeah. I missed yeah. the hype on most things. And I <laughs> like way after. That was definitely one of those. It was the first time I, I've seen it. But it was cool. It was really nice. cool. It's a great movie. Well, I'll, I'll uh, keep my eyes open for it. I'm, I have the issue of selection fright. I, I have maybe five different streaming subscriptions. Yeah. And, and so it's like, if, if I watch like three movies a week, how do I, when I have the option of 10,000 movies, like how do I pick one? My, I, I tell people that I've been added to my watch list and I realize like my watch list is like 500 movies. Yeah. Yeah, I man, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. Before I let you go, there was there was yeah. one other thing I wanted to mention, totally unrelated to all this. Um, you went to uh, Western, right? I did, yeah. I went to uh, U of M. No way, my mom went to U of M. Really? So, yeah. That's crazy. Another crazy thing, our director Kyle is from Chicago. You're, there's a <laughs> serendipitous Chicago connection. There, there you go, right there. It's wild. I saw I saw you were from there. I was like, cool. I'm gonna tell tell you that on the interview that you know Kyle. <laughs> Chicago. I'm not from there. I'm a, I'm a very new transplant. I'm taking his place. He left and I've moved. There you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, right on, man. I'm gonna get going here, but thank you so much for having me. This is super. Yeah. Fun. Thanks for thanks for jumping on. I'm really happy that not only were you open to doing a a video interview, but that you suggested it because it's something I've had on my mind for a long time because it's it's such a better way to talk and kind of get ideas out there. I really appreciate it. How did you find me, by the way? Or how did you find out about the film? Every Friday is generally when new film scores get released. And so right. I use um, this website called soundtracks.net that okay. typically tracks the release date of every, every you know, like new score, every re-release, every TV, game, short film score. This is going to sound really nerdy. I have all these lists on my computer broken down by month. I write down every score that comes out. As I listen to it, I take little notes. And then when the month's over, I'll revisit the list and write about a handful of them. I saw that score on there. I checked it out and I enjoyed it. Man, so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I, 
Man, I gotta be honest. I was like, cool, I'm just gonna release my film score. Like, you know, I wanna share with my family, friends, like, and I want it to be like out in the world just so mm-hmm. just check it out if they stumbled upon it. But it's really cool, man, to hear that you are specifically seeking to yeah. listen to film scores. That's really, that's really rad. Cool, man. I'll yeah, check and, it and out. And you can, you know, you can search by film or by composers. So you can search yourself on there and it'll pop up with Helen Gunn. Crazy. I'm on. <laughs> who the hell? Who does it? Who is doing it? I don't know. I don't know, but it is. Without this, like, I wouldn't be able to do 90% of what I do. But whatever it is, bless you because it's such an amazing service. Wow, what a cool resource. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Do you know about any <laughs> other, other ones like this? Or I'm sure you do. That's honestly, that's the only one that I know of. Like, like I said, you know, in 2019, I listened to about 750 releases from that year and 95% of them came from up from there like I follow some film music focused record labels and so sometimes I'll see like they'll mention a release that's not on there or you know I, I follow a lot of different composers so sometimes they'll mention they have a release coming out that thing is so all-encompassing yeah cool I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in I'll check that out that sounds <laughs> uh Nicholas great to talk to you man thank you thanks so much yeah, and and thanks for jumping on, and I really appreciate it. I have I have no idea what time it is, but whatever time it is, like this went for a lot longer than I expected in a very good way. So cool. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it too, man. The questions you had were really cool, and I feel like we we I got to share some really cool stories about how yeah. we came together. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And so I I hope everyone listening enjoys them too, and and hopefully. Some people listening are also fledgling composers or wannabe film composers, so they can get far enough into where they hear your advice and save them uh, a few hours here and there. Hey, man, I'm still, what was that, fledgling? Yeah. I'm very much fledgling, so, you know. <laughs> nice word. Cool. Well, awesome, man. And you just you just DM me on, on Instagram, right? You, you checked out the score and then... Yeah, and I had... DM you. So what had happened is I had gotten super behind on my monthly write-up. And so I did my one for June, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And so I, I had an Instagram story mentioning your score. Okay. And then, yeah, then you, you contacted me about it right after. Okay, gotcha. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah. That's rad, man. I, I really hope that you find more composers to talk about in this fashion. I, you know, I, I hope so, too. And I think, obviously... Huge name composers like Hans Zimmer and John Williams get onto any publication or website or like show yeah, they want. But there's that's like a, a small group of the composers, and then I, I think there's like so many other people who do such good work that don't make it into that echelon, and people aren't as interested in writing about them or talking with them. I think I think there's a lot of people who want to talk about their work i mean hell you take you know this is a score you work on for six months there's there's so much about it that you don't want to just keep inside and never really talk about it. yeah i'm i'm hoping so too that would be the word of advice to for any fledgling composer is just take these opportunities to talk to people about your score about your project about your music or else nobody knows <laughs> and yeah, what I, i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna like Cut out just that snippet and use it as, as some good self-advertising. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely should, man. All right, dude, I'm going to roll, but All really right. good talking to you. Yeah, it's great talking to you, too. Um, have a good evening, man, and, yeah, and a good weekend and everything. 
All right. Stay safe, man. All right. You too. All right. Bye, Nicholas.